0: If you have your Bibles, turn, if you will, to Genesis chapter 3. We're going to run through the whole Bible. We'll start there in Genesis. (laughs) Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 3. We're going to have a good time this morning, but I'm going to read some scriptures to you. And this will be my text. Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 1. We're going to read first, uh, through verse 11. If you haven't read your Bible in a while, we're going to go ahead and get you caught up for the month just before August starts. And you can get your gold star for your reading uh, uh, you know, needs there. But I want to dive into some scriptures here. And the title of my message, if you're a title person, is Questions. Questions with a subtitle of light versus darkness. And we're going to tie that together this morning. And before we dive into the word, I gave blood. Any any blood donors? Any blood donors out here? Yeah, yeah. I, gave, I don't know if I'm going to do it ever again. Too many questions. Uh, I went to give blood. They said, uh, uh, whose blood is this? Where did you get it? Why is it in a bucket? So I'm like, I'm not doing it anymore. We're not going <laughs> to give out blood anymore. Just kidding. Uh, I was watching my dog the other day, uh, sitting there just watching him, and I noticed, man, he he sat there and was chasing his tail for five minutes, just sitting there chasing his tail for five minutes. I said, man, how easily entertained. And then I got to thinking, I've been sitting here for five minutes, <laughs> watching my dog chase his tail for five minutes. Anyways, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and put them under your seat. We're not going to use them today. I'm kidding. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Here we go. Jokes are over. We're going to get serious now, all right? Just kidding. Genesis chapter 3, in verse 1. Let's read. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, here we go, the first question. Has God indeed said... I want you to make note of this this morning. If you're taking notes this morning, and you should be, statistically speaking, people that take notes are more likely not to go to hell. Uh, It's not true, but it'll be good to put yourself in remembrance. But the devil is, uh, he's the same. He, 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 He does nothing new. What he did at the beginning, he's still doing today. And the reason I titled my message today is questions is because the devil is... Still to this day bringing questions to bring doubt to the validity and the truth of God's word. I would ask you today, even before I get into my message today, what are the questions that the devil is asking you concerning the promises that God has spoken to you? What are the questions that he's trying to bring doubt, to bring shadow, to bring speculation and wonder to a reality of what God has destined you to have in Christ? Because he is unchanging. He is not inventive. He is unoriginal. And you can almost predict what he'll do because he does the same thing over and over and over again. He's like a drippy faucet. He just bloop until you agree with him rather than the word of God. So he says here, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely Die. He's beginning to bring a shadow, beginning to bring doubt to the truth of God's word. Trying to get Adam and Eve to second guess the reality of what God has spoken to them. God knows that in the day, verse 5, that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eye and that it was... "...desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and she ate. She also gave to her husband, and with her he ate also." Verse 7, "...then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence..." Of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. I want to make a quick statement here. That when you become aware of your sin rather than the forgiveness of God's grace. It causes you to run from God's presence rather than to run to God's presence. Listen to me, God's not uh, evaluating you. God is not inspecting you. God is not looking at you about what you did yesterday. Maybe what you did on the way to church today or what you might do tomorrow. All of your sin, past, present, and future has been laid on Jesus Christ and was paid for by his shed blood at Calvary. Which enables me to tell you this, that the presence of God in your life is no longer a luxury But is it a priority? We're living in a time and an age where not just saying, Oh, if I feel like going to church, I'll go. If I feel like getting into the Bible, I'll read. If I feel like having fellowship with God, I'll spend time in prayer. It's no longer a luxury that you can say, Oh, I can do it if I feel like it. But rather because of the time and the age in which we are living in, it has become a priority for your life. That when you wake up in the morning, a habit that I'm beginning to to try to create in my life is the first thing that I do is I like to wake up and I say, Father God, I acknowledge you. I turn my eyes, my attention, and my focus to you. I thank you that by your spirit, Father God, that you'll lead God and direct me today. I'm welcoming him into my everyday life because I cannot do this on my own. Can I get an amen, somebody? I need Jesus. And so I love here that, that they are, I shouldn't say they love that I, they hid themselves, but look what it says in verse nine. It says, then the Lord God called to Adam and he said to him, where are you? Satan's asking questions and now God is asking questions. How many of y'all know that God wasn't asking where Adam was? Not because God didn't know where he was, but because Adam didn't know where he was. He had fallen from his position of glory, of being in the tangible presence of God. And we can see that here in verse 10. It says, and he said, watch this. I heard your voice in the garden. I love that even in the midst of falling from God's grace, God's glory, falling from his position that God created him to be in, Adam was still able to hear the voice of God. As a side note this morning, I want to encourage you, don't allow the devil to talk you out of the fact that you can hear the voice of God. The fact that you are alive today, that you're breathing, is the fact that God speaks. When you say to, to God or to someone around you, I don't know if I've ever heard God, I don't know if I've ever heard his voice, what you're saying is, I can't breathe. Because it's the word of God. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scripture or the word of God is God breathed. It is inspired by the very breath of God. It is the same word that is used in Genesis where God said he breathed the breath of life into Adam. And he became a living speaking spirit like God. You are created by the voice of God. This is extra. I'm just going to toss it in. You don't have to charge before you, you are created by the voice of God. You are sustained by the voice of God and you're called to live by the voice of God. And I love here that we see this, that even in the midst of making the, one of the greatest mistakes or decisions known to man, Adam still had the ability to hear the voice of God. I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Verse 11, and he said, who told you that you were naked? In other words, who have you been talking to? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Questions. We find here Satan's asking this question. He's he's presenting doubt against the validity of God's word. What God has spoken to his children. And I wrote some notes that I want to read. This Satan's questions are to ultimately bring you out of light and hold you into darkness. He's wanting you to come out of the light and come into the place where he has the ability to hold you captive. That was the whole reason to get Adam and Eve to to relinquish their trust, their loyalty to the king of kings, to the creator of all universe and to bow their knee to commit treason and bow their knee to Satan. When you step out, when you begin to meditate on the the questions of the enemy, whatever it is that he's questioning you, questioning you about your finances, questioning you about your business, questioning you about your health, questioning any area of your life that is, you have scripture in God's word. Some people say, God never talks to me. Yeah, he talks the same way he writes. The more words you know, the more voice you'll hear. Why? Because God speaks the same way he writes. But when the devil can get you to doubt God's word, he pulls you into darkness. I like this. Where truth fades, understanding crumbles, and identity is confused. Man, if we are not looking at that right now in the world today... You can see the very footprint of darkness and that is, and I'm going to show you this, that is encompassing our world today. We are living in a time where everything is being questioned. Everything. Some of the things back in 1950, it was just kind of known that you kind of, everybody went to church. We prayed in school. We, we, we You would talk about the name of Jesus in school. I mean, there was just some things that were different Years and years past to where now things that were staples and foundations of our country and the belief system and the very fabric of a family is now being questioned and almost cast aside as I don't really know if there's a validity or something that I can use to direct and uh, to guide my life and make quality decisions. Everything is being questioned. And evaluated culture and society has changed with new formulas. Listen to this new formulas of truth and ways of thinking and doing everything is being questioned. What is that? That is the enemy having his way to try to penetrate and infiltrate into the church, into society, and begin to dominate and hold mankind, God's creation, in bondage, in opposition, or in, uh, in oppression. He's questioning. Darkness, listen to this, darkness is where there is the absence of truth in given identity. If you jump to Luke chapter 3, Jesus is going out to John the Baptist and everyone was being baptized. And the Bible says after everyone had been baptized, the Bible says that, uh, that Jesus then was baptized. And the Bible says that when he was baptized, the heavens were opened, the Spirit descended, and the Father spoke. And he said, you are, he gave a direct spirit to Jesus he said you are he wasn't talking to anybody else he wasn't trying to get the disciples attention or the spectators attention he spoke to Jesus directly and he said you are my son and in you I am well pleased why is that because when God when God gives you a calling when God sets you out on course he will always he will solidify your destiny and he will solidify your identity And it's amazing that as you jump over to chapter 4, the first thing that devil uh, questions, the first thing that the devil attacks is that word. And he stands there. Jesus has been fasting for 40 days. And like all of us, the Bible says he was hungry, ready for a Big Mac and fry with a big old Dr. Pepper. Come on, somebody. And he's standing there. And the devil comes, he says, if... You are the son of God. Directly questioning what God had declared over him. The devil's no different. He's still doing that today. He'll question the words that God has spoken over you. He'll try to bring you in to darkness. He'll try to get you to allow the truth of God's word to become uh, to begin to fade and he'll uh, you, to the place that you start to second guess your identity, who you are in Christ. That you're a child of God. That you have an inheritance because of what Jesus did. That We were talking about this yesterday. That when you walk into the room, not because of who you are, but who you are in Christ, the atmosphere of that room has to change. Why? Because there is a tangible anointing. There is a glory, a presence of God that resides on you. Not for your fame, not so everybody can clap at you, but so that the name of Jesus would be exalted and lives will be forever changed for the kingdom of God the devil wants you to be held in darkness but I love this God's questions everybody say God's questions when God asks question it heightens truth it brings understanding and greater faith I love this it breeds confidence in him when God says to Adam, where are you? As I said, it wasn't because God didn't know, but God was wanting to to heighten truth, to bring an awareness to who he truly was. When God said, is there anything too hard for me the, in different portions of your Bible? I think one of the ones I got a mark because I got about three of those questions that I found in Matthew chapter 19. The disciples are having a discussion with Jesus about finances and some things that he said. And Jesus says, look at them. And he said to them, with men, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. When God asks you a question, it's because he's beckoning you, you, calling you, inviting you into a place of intimacy with him. I like where it, uh, when Jesus was, I think it's Matthew chapter 16. He asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? I think it's a question that we all have to a- answer at some point in our life. Who do you say that Jesus Christ, the son of man, really is? Who is Jesus? Because a question that God answers or asks you is heightening truth. He brings understanding and greater faith. It brings confidence in who your God is. One of my favorite scriptures, Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, the B part of the verse. It says the people that know their God, not the church, the people, the individual that has a intimate working relationship with their father, the people that know their God shall be strong. They'll carry out great exploits, which are bold acts and daring deeds. God's looking for a church that is is intimate with him, that is uh, uh, enamored, if you will, with who their God is and what he's done for them. And is not moved by the the lies, the distractions of this world. Uh, When God asks questions, truth is revealed. It solidifies identity and it promotes, or I'm sorry, promises are fulfilled. When God asks questions, it reveals truth. What do we know about truth? The Bible tells us in John chapter 8 that in verse 31 and 32, the truth that you know does what? It liberates you. It'll set you free. I don't know about you, but I could use some freedom in my life. Come on, somebody. Not bound by anything. Not bound with what people think. Not bound by poverty. Not bound by sickness, disease. Not bound by shame or guilt. Come on. I'm not bound by it. Why? Because the more that you find out what God's word says about you, it is not but a moment and you're stepping out into a place of freedom. Because God's word creates that. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Psalms 119, I love this verse in 130, says The entrance of God's word does what? It gives light. The entrance of God's word gives light. How do I stay out of this darkness? How do I stay out of this place of questioning that the devil is so eagerly trying to pull me into? You keep yourself in the written word of God. Why? Because Psalms 119, 105 says the entrance of God's word gives light. I'm sorry. 105 is God's word is a lamp unto my feet. Come on, somebody. And a light unto my path. God's word is is light. I like this. Watch this. It gives understanding to the simple. You know what God thinks about your problem, the situation right now that has your attention, your mind, the rhetoric that's going around and around, the hamster wheel that goes in your head? you do over and over and over again the thing that you take apart put it back together take it apart put it back together God looks at that thing that has captivated you and he calls it simple because how the uh, explanation what explanation is to your intellect listen to me what explanation is to the intellect is what understanding is to your spirit the same way if I got up here and I tried to explain calculus to you, which by the way, I can't do. Come on, somebody we'll get somebody else there to do that. But if I could explain calculus to you at some point, i pray if I'm a good teacher, all of a sudden what happens? The light bulb comes on. Boop, there it is. Hey, hey. Woo, we're moving now. We're cooking with Crisco. Let's go. I got it. When understanding comes to your spirit, man, it brings a solidification. To understand something by the spirit means that there is a, it's a fixed on a permanent basis. I can't be moved from this. Why? Because I understand. Just like I can't be told that the world was made out of an explosion. Why? Because the Bible tells me in Hebrews 11 uh, verse, I think it is verse 3. This is by faith. I understand that the words were created by the word of God. So the understanding to the situation comes by the entrance of God's word. Turn, if you will, to Isaiah chapter 60. As you're turning there, I want to quote this verse. 1 John chapter 1 verse 5 says, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. I want you to hold on to that because as we're progressing here, I want to read a couple verses to you that will reveal to you the state and the time that we're living. Are y'all so glad you came this morning? How many y'all think right now he talks really fast? Let me get a count of hand. All right. I'm trying to slow down. It's because of this thing. I got 15 minutes, 14 count. I'm just trying to get her all in here. Here we go. I'm going to juggle and blow fire here in a minute. And that'll really win you over. All right. Here we go. Just kidding. Isaiah chapter 60. I want to read this out of the Amplified Bible. I think they got the verse for you up there so you can watch this. I love this verse, man. But this verse is where we are living right now. The time and the age that we're living in is right here in this verse. It says, arise, take the posture, the position. From the depression and the prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Rise to the, 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 the inheritance that Christ has given to you. Arise to the new life. Watch this. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It's all over you. It's on you. It's not for the fivefold ministry. It's not just for, it's not just for that guy on television. Oh man, he's cool. Look at him. Wow. It's for every person that will say, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. The moment that you make an eternal decision to ask Jesus Christ into your life, there is a light that comes upon you. There is a radiant glory of your God, the the, the manifested presence of God that begins to rest upon you that enables you to dark, to to go into a dark world and bring hope and to bring encouragement to bring light to the people that are in darkness it's on you arise to this new life it's risen upon you verse 2 is what i want you to see for behold darkness shall cover the earth and dense darkness all people that's where we are right now you watch the evening news it's darkness it's going, people are just going wild. The Bible says in, in uh, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, the Message Bible, that if people uh, don't attend to what God reveals, they run wild. But if they, uh, 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 I'm sorry, if they don't see what God reveals, they run wild. But if they attend to what he says, they are most blessed. Right now, we got a lot of people that are just running wild. Why? Because they're in darkness. They're groping for answers they can't find. That's where you and I have job security. Come on, somebody. When you go out on a Monday morning, guess what? you got the answer. God lives on the inside of you. Glory is resting upon you. What glory? The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, that glory that's on you is the same glory that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Resurrection life, it's not Easter yet, but I'm preaching. It's resurrection life that's living on the inside of you. We're living right now, right before the return of Jesus. We're not those that draw back. I may say this in a minute. We're not those that are standing back, that are spectating. We're not haters. We're participators. Come on, somebody. We're getting in the game. Why? Because you are the only you that will ever be. You can't be imitated, duplicated, or illustrated. I think that's the one that goes with it. Come on. You're the only you that will ever be. There's something special that lives on the inside of you. And God needs you in the game. Get in the game. That's a good line. I like that. But there's deep darkness on there. Let me jump on the end of this. It's on you. The glory of God, the presence is no longer, I said this already, it was in my notes, a luxury, but a priority. Let me give you these real quick. I want to show you this when you can see. Now I'm going to give you my three points and I'll be done. The footprint of darkness. You're going to want to write this down. Questions lead to doubt and doubt leads to darkness. God tells, the Bible tells us that he's transferred you out of darkness into his marvelous light. But here's some things you can see. How do you know when there's darkness going on? Number one, how does the devil get you into darkness? Number one, he distracts you. He'll distract you. How do you do that? The Bible says, Hebrews 12, 2, going to quote some scriptures at you real quick. So just hang tight. Hebrews chapter 2 says in the Amplified Bible says, looking away from all that will distract unto Jesus. Anything that gets gets your eyes off of Jesus is a distraction. When you look at your checkbook more than, than you do the word of God, you're distracted. When you talk about the report you got from the doctor more than you do Isaiah, chapter, uh, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, 1 Peter two twenty four by Jesus stripes I'm healed. When you talk about the report more than you do the word of God, you're distracted. How do you know you're distracted? When you're so full of care that all you can think about is your situation. The Bible tells me to cast all my care upon him. Why? Because he cares for me. You got to become a, in the day we live, you better become a professional care caster. I know we got some fishermen in here that can cast. Last time I tried to do that, I almost ripped some guy's lip open. I'm not a fisherman. I just, I was out fishing with a buddy of mine who took me down to the Gulf. I think we were in Corpus. He had a buddy that does chart, you know, takes you out on the ocean, take, takes you out to go catch fish. So I'm out there with my pole, just a rookie, all green. I'm throwing it out next to you. Know, I got a bird's nest, man. He's like, give me, give me your pole. He cuts out the bird nest, restrings it, gets me set up again. It wasn't two minutes later I was doing this. I threw the whole pole out into the... And he, he, he said this. He's like, y- you don't fish much, do you? I was like, my buddy's over here giggling. He's just laughing. He's like, oh my God, you're embarrassing me. But number one is distraction. And the opposite of distraction is focus. Because what you focus on, you empower. Whatever you're focusing on, you're empowering to have a voice in your life. Luke chapter 10, 41, 42, I'm not going to go there and read it, but it's talking about Mary and Martha. Martha. Martha's complaining to Jesus. I like one translation. says She goes in and interrupts Jesus. Could you imagine that? Jesus is preaching. If Jesus was here right now, we'd all just be like, oh, Lord, bless him. I mean, nobody's talking. Nobody's moving. It don't matter what your bladder's saying. I ain't going nowhere. Why? Because I don't want to miss what Jesus said. Martha comes walking and be like, oh, hold up. Stop. I got something to say. I'm in here busting tail and Mary's not doing a thing. Don't you care, Jesus? You know, she gets all up in his face. Could you imagine getting in Jesus' face? Man. And I love what I love what Jesus says. He looks at her and goes, Martha, Martha, you're a distracted. Amplified Bible says you're distracted and worried about many things. Anything in your life that has more of your attention and focus than Jesus is a distraction. I like, I think it's Luke chapter 8 where uh, the blind man, or I'm sorry, the, the madman of Gadara, demon-possessed man, you know, the legion for we are many guy. Jesus casts out the demon, sends them to a bunch of pigs, they run off and jump into the ocean, do a little surfing. And then the Bible says that, that the, the madman of Gadara was no longer mad, but watch as he was clothed and seated at the feet of Jesus in his right mind. When your eyes are on Jesus, when your ears are open to his His voice and what he's speaking to you, it it will be the only time that you're in your right mind. If you're not at the feet of Jesus, if you're not hearing his word, you're not in your right mind. You're distracted. Number two, deception. Distraction leads you to deception. Deception is... Wars against truth. Remember this, deception does not start with an all-out lie. But only a distortion of what is real. The devil's not going to come... And just throw out the lie right there. Boom, here it is. You're like, oh, that, come on, man. Get that. What's he do? He cracks the door and he just starts real slow, real slow, and begins to try to distort the image of God's word in your life to begin where you begin a little bit. It's Romans chapter 1, verse 25, where the Bible talks about they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. If you study that out, it doesn't really mean exchange as much as it does mean mix. It's like concrete. You don't mix it right. It sets up and it looks good, but all of a sudden it starts to crack and to crumble. A lot of people right now are taking truth and they're mixing it with a lie, calling it truth. And the problem is it will not hold under pressure. So that's what deception is. It tries to get you to begin to believe a little lie and then allow it to become a reality in your life until there's a pressure or there's a problem. And then all of a sudden it doesn't hold up under the pressure. Number three, division, distraction, deception leads you to division, racial, social, and political division. Even in the church, there's division because of, I mean, back when COVID was going on, not to bring up a you know a bad memory, but I mean churches were dividing because of a piece of paper over your mouth. You want to wear one? Wear one. I don't care. Do what you want to do. Knock yourself out. Come on, somebody. Let's just all keep I want let's just be friends. <laughs> Oh man, listen to this, Matthew 12, 25, Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. You are God's house. If you're divided in your heart, if you're divided with your neighbor, a house divided cannot stand. But where there's unity, there will be productivity. Where there's unity, there will be suddenlies. The day on Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came down and rested upon those in the upper room, there was a place where man and God were separated. But because of Jesus, we were brought back together in fellowship and union with Him. And the Bible says when that union was reinstated and suddenly from heaven came a rushing mighty wind. Acts chapter 16, when Paul and Silas were locked up in prison, the Bible says they lifted their voices and began to magnify God to where all the other prisoners would hear them. And the Bible says when they began to sing his praises, not complain, oh, my ankles, dear God, my back, suffering for Jesus. No, when they lifted up their voices and magnified him, the Bible says suddenly the chains fell, the doors were opened. Where there's unity, there will be suddenly, there will be productivity. That's why the devil wants the church to turn on itself. You don't believe like I do. I don't like you. Why? Because if there's division, there will be a separation. When there is distraction, deception, and division, there will be destruction. Destruction. And that is the, the devil's ultimate goal. John chapter 10 verse 10. Jesus gives his purpose. Why he came. I came. That you may have life. Amplified Bible says in abundance to the full until it overflows. But the enemy, the devil, his purpose is to kill, steal, destroy. You can tell where there's darkness wherever there is destruction. So let me give you this so we end on a good note. I know that was four points and here's three more. Can y'all handle three more? Can we do I'll do it quick. I promise you. I know one pastor said the head can take what the butt can handle. So I'm, when you're done, you're done. Am I right? Did y'all catch that? No? Okay. All right. I'm having a good time. So here, I do this for a living. I know some of y'all that don't quit your day job. It's like too late. <laughs> this is what I do for a living. Y'all pray for me. No. All right. Here we go. The benefits of staying in light. I want to give this to you. I want to end on you staying in light. When we walk out of here, I want you thinking not about darkness. I want you to think about light. Living in the light, living in God's word. Number one, when you stay in the light, the benefits of staying in the light, secrets are revealed. Now, I want you to hear these three points from the time we're living in right now. If there's a time that we need a voice from heaven, when there's a time we need the counsel of God that Proverbs tells us stands and abides forever, the counsel of God, when there is that need for revelation, it's now. God, what do I do with my 401k? Come on, somebody, what do I do with my investments? Do I turn my rental into an Airbnb or do we do long-term, short-term? What do I do so that I can have the resources needed for the life that I'm living right now? Come on, somebody. That's why the devil wants you to get in darkness. He wants you to grow up. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. The Bible says if you'll stay in light, listen to this, uh, secrets are revealed. Let me, let me read this to you out of Daniel chapter 2 real quick. Uh, they're going to pop up the main verse up there, but I want to read this to you. If I can find it in my Bible. You guys got Daniel uh, chapter 2 up there? <clears throat> as a subject, talk amongst yourselves for a moment. Light go. No, I'm just kidding. Daniel chapter 2. Look at this. This is this is Daniel. The king's just told him, hey, if you can't, t- if you can't tell me my dream, you're, you're all going to die. Daniel's like, well, tell me the dream. He's like, no, I don't know the dream. You tell me the dream. He's like, are you kidding me right now? If you don't tell me though, you're going to die. So what's, what's Daniel do? He goes to God, which is what we should all do. Jeremiah 33, See, if you'll call out to me, I'll show you great and mighty things you don't know. John chapter 16, when the spirit of truth is comes, he'll show you great things and lead you into all truth. You and I are not to be in darkness groping. We are in the know. So he says, as he goes, he prays. He says, God, show me what I'm supposed to do. And then in verse 19, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Verse 20, then Daniel answered and said, I love this. Blessed be the name of God forever. For wisdom or skill, might, ability are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. Watch this. He gives wisdom to the wise, knowledge to those who who have understanding. 22, he reveals deep and secret things. He knows what's in the darkness, and light dwells with him. If you'll just ask God what you need to do, he'll show you. He'll reveal secrets to Number two, disease destroyed. COVID, monkeypox. Guys, I don't, I'll just be honest with you. I'm not trying to do doom and gloom. I don't, think, I don't think we're over. I think they'll come out with something new next. Why? Because you're in the last of the last days. Jesus is about to crack the sky and call you home. But disease is destroyed. Psalms 91 verse 6 says, Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness. I'm not afraid of that which is around me. I like to say this, I used to say it when it was the flu season, you know, oh, the flu's going around, watch out, bunny. watch out. Now it's COVID, monkeypox, lizard warts, I mean, who knows what's next? I mean, you don't know, it's coming. I like to say this, watch out, it's coming, it's going around, yeah, it's going around, right. All right, it's going right around me. No weapon formed against me can prosper. No disease that comes near me has any power, authority over me. Every cell, every every joint, cell, muscle, tissue of my body functions to the life to which God created it to function. Glory to God, I'm going somewhere to happen. You can't stop me. Why? Because it's impossible for that glory, that presence of God that is on me to be penetrated by darkness. There is not and never will be a negotiation between light and dark. You flip the switch back here. It doesn't go, all right, hold on a second. Dark's trying to figure out if it wants to stay or go. No, you flip the switch. It's gone. Are you with me? It's no different in your life. Number three, I like this. Provision provided. When you stay in the light, the benefits of light is secrets revealed. And the band can come up if they can't look at that. These guys are awesome, man. On cue. Bam. Secret. You guys got a good team. Secrets revealed, disease destroyed. Watch this. I love this is a big one. Provision provided. It does not listen to me, church. I'm telling you, in these last days, you're not going out of here destitute, living in a cave, eating beans and rice. That's not the body of Christ that I see in Scripture. We go out of here triumphantly. When the Israelites left Egypt, they weren't without anything. The Bible says they left with silver and gold. Here's what I want you to see. I think sometimes we can get our mind on the wrong. I just want a bunch of stuff. It's not about getting stuff. It's about having resources for the destiny and the purpose of the kingdom of God that he's called you to. I'm believing God for resources. Why? Because I have places to go, gospel to preach, and lives to be eternally changed. And it don't happen free. Come on. The job that God's called you to, the area of influence that God's called you to doesn't happen free. And I want to reinstate it in your mind don't allow, don't allow somebody's error of biblical theology to get you to go to the other direction where you resist everything. Psalms 23 says, my God, uh, the Lord is my good shepherd. I shall not want. He supplies everything that I need. He leads me beside the still water. He causes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. Everything about me is functioning at the highest capacity. Why? So that that reality of that kingdom will come and be established here in this earth. Jesus pray to God your kingdom come your will be done these are those points of understanding that there's nothing that you God is a secret teller he'll tell you secrets he'll, he'll destroy any disease or anything that would try to come against you and he'll make sure that everything that you have need of the Bible says that God knows you have need of it before you even ask but he likes you to ask anyways why because he loves faith he loves faith. I hope you were encouraged this morning. I hope you get some of the, the the excitement, the rambling, the 18,000 points that I had this morning. You take some of this and you allow God to excite something on the inside of you that when you leave these doors, you don't go out Monday going, here we go again, dragging your knuckles. But there's something that's been awakened on the inside of you that says I was just like Esther I was brought into the kingdom for such a time as this there is destiny on your life There's purpose in this church and in your life. You're here today not just to check the box, but because the word that is spoken is giving you encouragement. It's giving you courage, uh, uh, enforcing the spirit on the inside of you to resist opposition without fear. It does not matter what comes against me. My God is for me. And I am the head and not the tail above only, not beneath. I succeed everywhere I go. I prosper and I succeed. I'm not saying that just about me. I'm speaking that over you today. Whatever the question is, whatever the lie the devil's trying to get you to buy, I'm here today to tell you don't answer his question. Or if you do, just do what Jesus did confess the word. If you're the Son of God, prove it. Jesus said, come on, man. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What was he doing? The devil was trying to pull him in the dark with a question. And Jesus kept him in the light with the word of God. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, we thank you for this word today. I thank you, God, that we're not just hearers of your word, but we're doers of your word. I thank you that, Father God, that the the seed that was sown, Father God, landed in the soil of these people's hearts. Some, some sow, some water, but God, I thank you that you're giving increase to that seed right now. I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of every person in this room today. I want to do a couple things with your heads bowed.